I speak to you in the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. The wedding at Cana took place at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He had called his disciples, and they were with him. But they did not yet know who he was. And when Jesus transformed the water into wine, they understood. Their eyes were opened to the presence of God. The faith that was dormant within them came alive. Hearing this gospel today, there is an implicit suggestion that God might reveal God's self through our gathering. In Cana of Galilee, transformation of the disciples' lives occurred as water became wine. How might such a transformation occur for us? Transformation is a big word, like conversion, a change in some essential aspect of our orientation and being. Did you come here seeking transformation? Most days, my hopes are a bit simpler. But in recent years, when I lead the inquirer's class and meet with those exploring St. Columba's, I begin by stating my hope that if you participate in the life of this congregation, that in three, four, five years, by the grace of God, you will be able to look back and say, my life has been changed. Not in the same way for each of us. We may say, I have learned how to pray, and through prayer have come to an awareness of God in my life. Or I have found a sense of peace. I have become more generous, generous in how I view those about me, more patient with the people in my household. I've had opportunity to cross boundaries and come to know those whose lives differ from my own. So my commitment to you, I say, is that if you show up, we will offer you ways to pray, ways to serve, ways to give. Call me crazy, but my hopes for each of you, for each of us, are large Indeed, this is because I believe in and have experienced the transforming power of the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I have heard you witness to this transformational power in your lives. For Jesus, transforming water into wine was just the beginning. So picture, if you will, life at St. Columba's these days as a great wedding feast. Amid the dancing and the eating, there are myriad conversations going on about the matters on our hearts and minds. 
And I've been in a lot of these conversations lately, most immediately prompted by this six-week season using a trial liturgy and readings with a womanist perspective, the change in prayers and readings, and some of our guest preachers have evoked strong feelings across a wide range. This comes as no surprise. When the words of our liturgy change, then the very words with which we address God are changed, affecting us in ways that are personal, intimate, profound, in two weeks' time, we'll have an opportunity to reflect and evaluate together, share our impressions and thoughts in conversation or in writing. But while some are discussing worship, others are having conversation about becoming anti-racist, what it means for us to repent, repair, how we feel about that. Still others are having conversation about the best use of our property for mission and how we plan for the future or how we can further our commitment to end family homelessness? Or how do I support my child as she, he, or they explore new landscapes of gender identity and sexual orientation? Conversations among those who are grieving, among those living alone, how to relaunch the water ministry, how to secure the financial resources, how to engage the children and youth of our congregation to awake and honor the faith that is within them and equip them with the practices of faithful discipleship. And to say out loud what you already know, a lot of these conversations are really exciting and a lot of these conversations are hard. They're hard because we feel and believe passionately about the matter at hand, which means these conversations are absolutely essential. Deep, good, respectful, hard, essential, I dare say holy, holy conversation. This is just the very thing that we need to be doing. The intention it's not to get it right, certainly not to win. We need not agree. We may disagree strongly. Some years ago, I was privileged to spend quite a bit of time working with our former presiding bishop, the Most Reverend Catherine Jeffords Shorey, the first woman to serve as presiding bishop, literally shunned by some of her fellow archbishops from the Global South, Catherine knew about controversy. And during her tenure, she frequently spoke of conversation as a spiritual practice. I quote, the word conversation has its origins first in Latin and then in Middle English, where it means to spend time with, to abide with feminine roots it's much more about being with rather than using words. It has the connotation of being in community, coming to know others in the intimate way that only is possible in proximity, sharing food, business dealings, likes and dislikes, even prayer and Eucharist. It is an art and style of being that often is wanting in the culture 
around us. Citing controversies then embroiling our nation and church, she said, we have a better way in the deeper kind of conversation that comes of seeing the image of God in our neighbors, even and especially when we disagree with them. And quote, conversatio morum is integral to the rule of St. Benedict, where it is translated as fidelity, fidelity to the vows of community. Dear ones, at this party, as we engage with personal integrity, with fidelity to the community, we're practicing our faith. Says Mirabai Star, we each need to bring the best of who we are to the spiritual table and offer our own imperfect selves as the medicine for the critically ill spirit of humanity. This includes our despair and our ecstatic insights, the shadow we're most ashamed of, and the crazy wisdom with which we astonish even ourselves. One way or another, we're addressing the question posed by the new monastic Shane Claiborne, what if Jesus actually meant what he said? In recent years, we've taken a collective leap of faith. We've made commitments to becoming anti-racist, to ending family homelessness, to loving God, to loving our neighbor as ourself. Well, it's one thing to announce, let's go to the promised land. Turns out the journey itself is going to change us transform us. And my fervent prayer of late, show us the way, O oh God. Show us the way. Be our light upon our path. Be in our words. Be in our ears. Now, maybe you've not been having these conversations. And if you prefer it that way, well and good. You may want anonymity as you offer your prayers to God. But if you want a chance to engage, I've got a couple of invitations. But before I go there, I've got to say that sometimes this feels pretty serious, and much of it is. But being serious isn't always helpful. I, uh, I just finished taking a six-week class at DC Improv Comedy class. It was great. I was already the start of a joke. A priest walks into a DC improv class. No, I didn't wear my collar. The guiding principle of improv acting, as you may well know, is yes and. Yes, to receive what's given, a story, an action, and then go with it and take it somewhere else. It reminds me a little bit of martial arts receiving the energy of another. But to be out there without a script and not knowing what might come your way in any moment, you cannot have a pre-planned agenda. You have to pay attention. You have to be awake, to be engaged, to be with the others in the circle. Most of our warm-up exercises were physical, with our vocal cords, much as the choir would use. But then we might stand in a circle and toss around an imaginary ball. 
And if I throw it to you, your job is to catch the same size ball that I just threw to you, but then once you have it, you can change the size of it before you throw it to another, and then they have to catch that one. And round and round we go, and you do that really fast, yes, and God knows there's plenty to be serious about these days, so take care to find ways you can laugh and smile and take delight and receive the joy and wonder. So on this note, I want to say, if you have not yet taken the leap of faith and made a financial pledge to St. Columbus, now is the time to do so. It will literally make you feel better. I promise, giving gifts, giving generously, lavishly, it frees something up in us. It also connects us. We have some skin in the game, and it deepens our intentions. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, said Jesus. The treasure precedes, so run, don't walk to your nearest pledge card. And wow, 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 thank you to those of you who have pledged for the first time or increased your giving. It's extraordinary. This is the party at Cana. This is the Spirit of the living God moving among us and through us. It is the better way that Bishop Catherine spoke of. Two last things, and then I'll sit down. If you want to engage in conversation, and you're one of the 150 households who choose to worship with us each Sunday online, we're creating online Columbus circles, gatherings for this very purpose. You can wait for a future announcement or simply send me an email saying, sign me up, I'm in. And if you're game to be out and about, please come to a Wednesday night supper. I will tell you, I've never seen anything quite like it. On any given night, I've had supper and conversation with some of the most senior members of this congregation, as well as young families with little children running and laughing and tearing about, with those who first learned about this supper as guests through our water ministry, or as neighbors from next door, the Friendship Terrace, senior living. I tell you, it's a glimpse. It's a foretaste of that heavenly banquet where if you close your eyes in the midst of that supper, even the water even the lemonade tastes like heavenly wine. Amen.